Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Wednesday. You're at the nexus of the Sports Talk universe. You're halfway through the halfway through the week show with Blaine and Mickey. We'd like to remind you of that just so you don't have to worry about it. You know that you've made it to the downhill part of your week, so congratulations. Uh, John Bryce joined us. Lots of discussion today about this college football playoff. First round of rankings. Bunch of you and your feelings about that. Started the show with this, though. Really, the hometown baseball team for Nashville, until there is a hometown baseball team for Nashville, the Atlanta Braves are your world champions of the world. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what Dansby Swanson, he's, he's not hometown, but he did play for Vandy. He is actually playing for his hometown. But he's from Marietta. What a great story that dude Marietta is. Judge. Yeah. Mm. Wow. What a great time for Braves fans and all who watched the game last night with uh, Frida, uh, you know, just controlling the whole entire game after he got his leg stepped on. He did start off a little rough there. So I thought it was going to go back to the time when he started the, the first time in, in the World Series. Uh, pulled himself together, and, man, he was lights out. He got help from uh, Solaire and uh, Dansby and, you know, Freeman. Freeman, so, yeah, yeah. So, man, it was it was uh, quiet as a church mouse there in Houston. Crowd was a non-factor. They took him out of it, man. Early, too. Took him out Early. of it. Early. So that um, was, man. Got to be pumped up since when? 1995? 1995. And and Atlanta sports fans had to sit through that debacle in the Super Bowl a few years ago. We were 28 to 3. Oh, yeah. I was at that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. People were saying, oh, it's over. I said, oh, no, it's never over. Not when you got that other guy Freddy over there. over there, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, you can't you kill him. That, it's never over. Never say never. Just run the dang ball, too, Falcons. Run the ball five times more. Run That's it three times more in a second. Just run the ball. You outsmarted yourself. What are you doing? Well, you know, the Titans fans are thinking, gosh, that Jets lost, that Jets lost. That Well, that was the story before Derrick Henry, of course. Think about Atlanta sports fans. You've been sitting on that loss in the Super Bowl. This will cleanse a lot of that away, though. You, 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 you'll have a parade. You're going to skip school or work. Like You're going to be They won okay. the soccer championship, too, right? They did a couple yeah. years ago. Didn't they? Uh, two times, two times. Yeah, they they filled was up it back-to-back? Back? Oh, two years ago. Build up the football stadium uh, with soccer our fans. Soccer experts back there. Yeah, Lucas and I were actually talking about this the other day. They had been kind of the blueprint for exhibition t- or for uh, expansion teams, right? I mean they they did it right. They won early. They filled up the football stadium, and they were they were doing everything right down there. Oh yeah, they killed it. Made some critical signings that are now playing in Europe that helped into that championship season. LAFC kind of followed suit, and now Nashville SC is doing something similar. They didn't go the route of signing kind of the star power that, that Atlanta United did. But Nashville SC now, you know, about to host a playoff game in year two. They did qualify for the playoffs in year one. So right now Nashville SC might have that best two years to start for an expansion team ever with the consistency that they're putting mm-hmm. together. Well, and, and, you know, we talked about this forever. Who's going to be the first team in Nashville to win a championship? Because our, our, our friends down in Atlanta, and that's technically, like I said, our home baseball team. I know there's some Cardinal fans like me and some Cub fans. But for the most part, everybody here – so a few Reds fans. A lot of people are Braves fans. I think it's fair to say that's the majority of baseball fans here. Not even close. Who's going to win the first one here? I mean, who's going to win the first one? We thought it was the Predators for a while. We thought it was going to be the Titans for a long time. And the Predators got good. They had their run. They got all the way to play Pittsburgh. And a bunch of guys broke their leg and got compartment syndrome and all these horrible, terrible things. And dang, Sidney Crosby throwing water bottles on the ice. And like, oh, sorry, dog. My bad. 
Okay, Sid, whatever you say. Dribble PK suit and said like a basketball on the ice. Oh, sorry, my hand slipped. No problem. No problem there. I, I'm still mad about that, as you can tell. Yeah, but man. let's keep it moving. Let's yeah. keep it moving. That, that was a glimpse of H-Town Mickey right there. Oh, H-Town. That was a glimpse. <laughs> H-Town left that series against the Pittsburgh Penguins as fired up as H-Town has ever been. It's like, okay, Sidney, do whatever you want, dog. It's all good. Throw a water bottle on the ice. Dribble PK's head. That's fine. So anyway, they lose that. He's a superstar, you know, so they let him get away with it. He was and is and he did. All that is very true. <laughs> so here we are with the Titans. Now, Derrick Henry is hurt. The King. The King is is on the sidelines right now. They get Adrian Peterson. Literally, he practiced today. He's wearing number eight. Deontay Foreman is back. Can they win with this running back by committee? That's the question we're going to see. But Nashville SC, man, made the playoffs last year. As Lucas said, looking like they're going to host a home playoff game this year. Could they be the first team to win a championship? Oh, that would be crazy. Would that, that not would be, be something if it was the up years in? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Lucas would be uh, Conference ecstatic. semifinals a year ago. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, I, it, at some point with them, you thought, there's some kind of weird voodoo magic on this deal. They, they Something has happened down there. Yeah, so, they've just done a really good job of building a foundation, being able to raise their floor as opposed to other expansion teams that look for butts and seats and, you know, some flash when they make their signings. Nashville's been more strategic about it than most, and it's paid off. Well, that'll be a question we need to ask mm. soon. Who will be the first? Uh, could you imagine the, this? Well, the Titans aren't out. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But, no. but the way we're talking about it, as though it's over this year, I still think they're going to be a Super Bowl contending team. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with I, you. I, yeah. We like the guys that they. And here's the thing: instead of one guy getting it 32 times a game via run or pass, mm-hmm. three or four guys are going to get it mm-hmm. eight or nine times a game. I mean, at the McNichols is going to get his spots, and Foreman's going to get his spots, and Adrian Peterson's going to get his opportunities, and maybe Blaine. As the game goes on, you get in a third and a half quarter or so. One guy looks better than the other guys. You go with the hot hand. Let's give this dude the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this rascal can do. Yeah. Is it is it safe to say, hey, be a little excited about this opportunity? You didn't want it, but you got it. Mm-hmm. Be excited about what they can do. Well, I know it's hard for the fans, but the players will be in the locker room. Whenever you put a task in front of an athlete that's a challenge, mm-hmm. they're all going to rise. You're going to be like, well, dang. And then you're going to start saying, Oh, we we okay. You're gonna slowly start going down this road as a fan and start saying, We'll be fine. We can hold the fort till the king arrives back healthy. Uh so yeah, I think they can go on a run. Um uh, even with uh all day AP trying to figure out what to call him. <laughs> uh, maybe I just call him number eight. He's number eight. He's number eight. That's his jersey number. Number eight. Yeah. Yeah. They, what, what colors are they wearing now? I think they're wearing a the navy blue again. All navy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna be on the an road. Eight. I love to hear you know, why he chose eight, uh, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, maybe not be any reason behind that at all. Or maybe it's because two plus six is eight. I, I don't know. Maybe that was his number. That was his number, you know, with the Washington football team. I think. I think so. Yeah. So I have no idea. But, uh, hey, we should be elated, and we'll see where this goes and how they implement them. And hopefully this will help the Titans in a different way this first game, for sure. Uh, and how do teams now approach the Titans with no king. You know, all of a sudden, if it's, oh, seven men in the box and we still running downhill, I think that favors the Titans. Doesn't matter who's at the running back. They still got everybody in place on the offensive line, right? Yeah. Just may not see the, you know, 60, 80 straight arms and all that. But AP, in a sharp window in a frame, he can be just as dynamic and scary as the king.
Mm-hmm. Don't don't sleep on on Foreman either. By the no? way, no. I, I I like what I saw in him last season. I, I'm I'm shocked that he was even available. I don't know. Maybe he he was out of shape or something. I, I have no clue. Especially when he was up in Atlanta and he knew the offense. Right. I'm like, oh, he's gonna make that team. I don't care if he's the third guy. Well, I was like you. I thought after last year that dude's just gonna come right on back and get right back in the same role again. It didn't happen. They they brought yeah. in Brian Hill. We've yeah, been with did. the Falcons. We've been like five, six hundred yard guy, and not Deontay Foreman. So I was surprised by that. But you can get a running back. You know, a lot of people think from anywhere, but knows the offense, uh, understands the scheme and everything else. So yeah, we can get him up to speed real quick, even ahead of AP. Well, I'm I, I, I or AD or number eight. This yes, all, <laughs> all of those things. That, that's what we're gonna put out on a poll question. What should we call Adrian Peterson? A P A D, all day. Number eight. And number eight. <laughs> he um, it, I think we both kind of felt the same way. Derrick Henry is the best player on the team. He was an MVP candidate, and, and he is when he's healthy. But the rest of the team is still intact. You have other parts and pieces. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop you right here because I, I should have said this sooner. The year we went on the Super Bowl run, who got injured? Steve McNair. Yeah. yeah. Who, who was the best player on our team? Steve, Steve McNair. McNair. Yeah, he's the quarterback. He was the best player. He ran and threw. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, he missed, what, six games? Four to six games? It was something like that at the beginning of the season. He missed five. I, I think Neil yeah. O'Donnell went four and, four and one that yeah. year. Neil and, O'Donnell. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Neil O'Donnell was not McNair. Nope. Guess what the team did? Four and one. Yep. Rallied around him and stood up. This is the same thing. Different position. Probably not as important, but some people would say as important because he's the best player on the team. But he doesn't have the ball in his hand every single play. Nope. So I kind of, you know, compare it to that. Yeah, and thing. everybody rolls the four. And we got so where we were comfortable. Let's one more week. Let's go. We don't don't rush, don't rush the him injury. Back. Yeah. Just let it because he came. Oh man, he played that was the first half. It was horrible when McNair came. I said, Man, I knew you should have stayed out one more week. Then that second, he said, no, he walked right by the defense, specifically me, because I'm looking at him like, man, what are you doing? Hey, man, I'm good to go now. Well, what changed? I'm good to go now. <laughs> Whenever he said that, he has never gone back on that, the late great McNair. Yeah. Whenever he says something, it happens. So, yeah, that. So I, I would compare it to that. The other thing, too, is if you had lost to the Colts, then you have no margin for error in your division. But you beat the Colts. You, they basically have to finish four games ahead of you now. Even if it takes you a little bit to figure this out, you gave yourself some leeway to do it and still win your yeah. division. Well, let's don't make it complex. Yeah. You can go five and four and still win 11 games. That's it. And, and still get in. See, see how that five and four. That doesn't sound good on the surface. I hope, I'm sure they'll do better. I'm looking at worst case scenario. You still win 11. So I'm thinking they can still get 10. You got the Texans twice and the Jags. I'm hoping – you better beat them. But I'm sure a lot of people say, well, they always play down to the competition. Yep. Well, they better not. They, they, they have no leeway now in doing something like that. Not without the King. So, yeah, they got to win those three for sure and hopefully win uh, some more. I was thinking about this, and Lucas is going to tell us we got to take a break. The year the Rams made the Super Bowl, remember Todd Gurley got nicked up, and they brought in that guy, C.J. Anderson, out of nowhere. Remember how he yeah, ran? He used to be with the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. He was ran in the same scheme and system. He was like, man, he looked almost as good as Gurley. Well, he wasn't Gurley, but, yeah, he held the fort. He held the fort. He sure did. All the way to the Super Bowl was still getting carries. And that was basically the end of his career. He only played a little bit more after that, I think, with the Lions or somebody. I was trying to look it up. 
But that's another time you're like, Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate type player at that point. Where's C.J. Anderson? Like, wait, that guy used to be with the Broncos? He did fine. Had some had a couple of nice games at the end of the regular season and then ran into the playoffs, held the four. It's possible. These are all NFL players. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all getting paid to do this job. They're not Derrick Henry, but they have to be about a third of Derrick Henry because there's, right. there's multiple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's how you got to approach it. And, you know, I, I know the fans kind of panic, but sitting in the locker room as athletes, there is no panic at all. Yeah. All they worried about is, hey, man, when you going to be back? Get well soon. Keep working. We're going to hold it for us. You've been carrying us. Now we're going to carry you. We got to carry this break, uh, or Luca's going to carry us out of here. I got a giveaway. Then we will come back after that. Jordan Dejani is set to join us. But here is the giveaway 2022 Navy Federal Credit Union Stadium Series coming to Nashville 1045 The Zone is your chance to win tickets if you're a caller. Five now, you got a chance to join the party on February 26th at Nissan Stadium. The Preds hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning outdoors for the ultimate celebration of hockey. It's going to be 70,000 people there rocking. You can be a part of it at Nissan Stadium in February, 615-737-1045. Tickets on sale now. If you want some, go to NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's talk some NFL headlines right now. Our man Jordan Dijani, CBS Sports, jumping on with us now. Jordan, how in the world are you doing today, man? There's nothing to talk about in the NFL at all. Nothing to talk about, right? No, it's been a very busy week, a very entertaining week. A lot of stuff to talk about. One of those weeks where you really love your job. So I really appreciate you guys having me on today. Always. Um you're a Braves fan. Let's start that off. Are you are you a baseball fan of any or team or anything like that? Or did you even watch so, the game? Um, yeah, so unfortunately I'm not a huge baseball fan, but when my grandma was alive, she was a huge Braves fan. So the DeJani squad really hopped on the bandwagon with her. She's passed now. But so we were very happy to see the Braves win last night. I definitely watched the World Series. I was definitely rooting for the Braves. So very excited for this area. Very excited for all our great friends who are big Braves fans. They really deserve it, especially with all the adversity they had to overcome this season. So it was great to see. Now, here was my biggest pickup out of that. Did you say Dejani? Dejani. Are, are we killing your name for all this time? No, no. And I was scared this was going to come up at some point because I don't even know how to say my name. I think all of my <laughs> brothers, my sisters. This is a real guarantee. Oh, no moment here. Yeah. You're being real serious yeah. right now, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm serious. I'm serious, man. My sisters all say it differently. One time I went on a podcast and I said to Johnny, and my dad called me like frothing at the mouth, really upset that he didn't say to Jenny. So I'm not even sure. And I mean, I've been on different radio shows where they pronounce it differently. As long as you say the J, like not the honey, we're going to be okay. I think the way it is, and it's Arabic, by the way, I think it's the Jenny. So I think that's how I say my name. But I'm not even 100% sure at this point in time. Well, like I said, this is a real, like, Garantano-type moment here. I mean, we, we've, been, <laughs> we've been in this relationship for a minute. All right, Jordan DeJani joins us from CBS Sports. We're literally learning on the fly here. We're adapting. Uh, this is a thing that happened today. Adrian Peterson wearing the number eight practice as a Tennessee Titan. Life comes at you fast. You beat the Colts in a slobber knocker. And then, you know, what, four days later, Adrian Peterson is on your team. 
Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable, right? And first off, you know, it stinks that Derrick Henry suffered this injury, but thankfully it's not like a broken leg or torn ACL or anything like that. I really do anticipate him returning for a postseason run, hopefully. We'll see how recovery goes. But it's kind of funny because some people who may be, you know, casual viewers of the NFL see the Titans signing Adrian Peterson come through the wire, and they say, what in the world? I didn't know he was still active. Well, let me tell you, I kind of like this signing. I watched him last year with the Detroit Lions. He had spurts where he looked really good, even though he's now 36 years old. Uh, I told you guys, I spent some time on the Washington football team beat with 24-7 sports when I was there, and I was covering some pretty bad teams. But they had Adrian Peterson as their starting running back, and he was the only consistent offensive weapon they had, even though he was 33 years old. In fact, in 2018, he rushed for over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. So Mm -hmm. this is a guy who doesn't still have that breakaway speed necessarily, but he's someone who has stayed in shape. He's someone who's talented. He's one of the best to ever do it. And he's someone who still wants to be a legitimate starting running back in this league. So I kind of like the signing. You know, it's not a guarantee. He's not going to be Derrick Henry or anything. But you bring in Deonta Foreman as well. And the Titans run scheme has worked. So I like the signing. I'm I'm excited to see how it works out. Just as we've always known him, Jordan DeJani joins us now on Blake (laughs) Nicky. Well, just like we were deceived by you and your last name. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron oh, Rodgers has deceived us. Oh. Man, what do you make of this whole ordeal with Aaron Rodgers and his deception? Or what did he deceive us? I'm sure the team knew, but uh, we are just now finding out that uh, he was not vaccinated. Yeah, this is a really wild story. And they were he was asked earlier this year if he was vaccinated, and he said, yes, I'm immunized. He used that term instead of vaccinated. So, uh-huh. I, I mean, he's being technical with words, but, yeah, he was kind of deceptive. And, of course, the main storyline is not Rodgers not being available for Sunday's matchup against the Chiefs. It's if he was dodging COVID-19 protocols in some way throughout the season. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk brought up photos of him on the sidelines in the preseason not wearing a mask, which which is against protocol. So the NFL is going to have to look into that and what went on behind the scenes. That's tough for the league because if they do find violations, they will have to punish the Packers to keep the peace in the league for all the other players and coaches who have been trying to abide by these protocols, which surely many view as a nuisance. So I haven't really looked into that. I don't know what other evidence there really is apart from Florio's article, but I think that's really the main storyline in this story is was Aaron Rodgers following all the protocols for the Packers? No question. Well, we'll get to see a guy named Love and he may have uh, wanted this to happen to a certain extent because maybe that increases their need to maybe, you know what, we can do pretty well without you. So we shall see how this story ends, even though he is a great quarterback. Okay, tell us, it wasn't a lot of trades, but who was the winners and losers in the NFL trade market uh, You know, here? At, uh, OBJ has to be one of the losers, right? <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, the Browns, honestly. I'd probably put the Browns over OBJ being a loser. I mean, that's, that was one of the most dramatic stories to come out today. It seems like it all came to a head yesterday when, you know, when the video that Odell Beckham Sr. put out of Baker Mayfield failing to see an open OBJ on the field, failing to hit him on certain routes. I'm sure everyone's seen that video by now. But then we have LeBron James coming out and tweeting mm-hmm. about free OBJ and getting him trending. I thought that was very notable because it's not LeBron just chiming in on something random. I mean, this was the NFL trade deadline, um, and it seems like there was a lot of noise around OBJ's name. But I say all that to say it's interesting because I don't know if the Browns front office, their GM and their head coach, knew how 
displeased Odell Beckham Jr. was in his situation in Cleveland. I feel like if they were totally 100% aware of that, they would have tried to move him yesterday. Now, according to reports, there were some talks. There were teams making offers, and I guess going with protocols of the trade deadline, you're going to field those offers, but it sounds like Cleveland didn't really talk about anything that caught their eye. One of those teams that was reportedly in the running for an Odell Beckham Jr. deal was the New Orleans Saints, which I found very interesting. But, of course, OBJ's contract made him a little difficult to move. So this is a big deal because now it sounds like the front office is in, in talks with Odell Beckham's camp trying to get him to stay with the team and finish out the season and hopefully make a playoff run. But we don't know where OBJ is mentally and where he is in terms of being satisfied with his playing time and just with the situation with the Browns. So this is a huge bombshell that was dropped today. Uh, the Browns were definitely – that's a long-winded me of saying, <laughs> way of me saying the Browns were a loser – I'll give you another winner very quickly. How about Tua Tungabailoa? No no Deshaun Watson trade to Miami. He gets to finish out the year as a starting quarterback. And to add on to that, of course, Deshaun Watson trade rumors are going to drift into the offseason. But once we have more clarity around this issue, there's going to be more interested teams than just the Miami Dolphins. So if the Dolphins really wanted to, to Deshaun, then they, they kind of missed their best opportunity to get him in my mind. There's still some stuff to figure out, of course, off the field. But how about Tua being a winner of the trade deadline? Ooh, good one there, man. Wow, we're on with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. So the injury stuff has been kind of nuts. Jameis Winston gets his leg bent and his knee blown out. Um, we saw Trevor Simeon, who I, honestly I had no idea that he was even on the Saints, uh, and we were watching that game doing post game. He actually looked okay. They won the game. Uh, they also have Taysom Hill, who had been out. I guess the the Titans will see some combination of those guys, but uh, uh, it will be interesting to see what happens with the Saints going forward now losing Jameis. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I, I I don't hide it. I'm a big Jameis Winston fan, so I was pretty heartbroken to see what happened on Sunday. The Saints quarterback situation is going to be one to keep an eye on. Uh, Trevor Simeon, of course, kind of held down the fort. He, he didn't look incredible, but, you know, he was a good placeholder. He, he moved the ball somewhat effectively. He threw an interception that was called back, so he somewhat took care of the ball. And then, of course, the Saints should have Taysom Hill returning to the fold soon. He's missed a few games due to a concussion. So Sean Payton's going to have to make a decision here. We have a 5-2 and two Saints team without their starting quarterback. Is he going to move Taysom Hill from that versatile trick play quarterback into his legitimate starting signal caller? Is he going to roll forward with Trevor Simeon? Or I'll bring up another guy. What if he hits the market and brings in a veteran by the name of Philip Rivers? That's going to be an option for him as well. We saw Philip Rivers talk about earlier this year, he, you know, after his high school coaching football season was up, he might consider uh, joining a contender if they need him. Well, that situation has now arisen, right? So we'll see if the Saints want to make a move for Philip Rivers. I don't know. There's been no reports that they're interested in that. And Sean Payton certainly loves his locker room and his quarterback group as well. But that's going to be an option. I think. Well, 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 would add to that though, would would Breeze be an option? You know, I think Drew Breeze came out and said that he's probably done. Uh, I guess you have to say it's an option because he's familiar with Sean Payton and he's only one year removed from football. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I, I don't see that coming to fruition. The other thing for Rivers, uh, he's he's like not too far away from New Orleans, right? I mean, he's he's. He's not too far away from, from where he is now. 
Yep, I would agree with that. It's not far at all. And like I said, the situation has presented itself. So it's kind of up to the Saints. Uh, Philip Rivers, I think, already came out and said, yeah, he would listen to calls. But the Saints now have an opportunity if they want to go that route and really make a run at a wild card and hopefully a, you know, a couple playoff wins, then Philip Rivers is available if they're interested. Um, the Broncos are 4-4 four and four and traded away Von Miller. Of course, the nightmare on the week after Halloween, the Titans may get to see Von Miller. I guess if his ankle is okay this week. But they're 4-4 four and four in getting rid of Von Miller. They weren't 0-4 or 0-8. That surprised me. Yeah, it did surprise me as well. But when I looked at what they got in return, it sounds like the Broncos kind of won that deal. Giving up a second-round pick and a third-round pick for a 32-year-old pass rusher you know, sounds a bit rich to me. But obviously the Rams literally did not care about any of their draft picks, whether that be a first, second, third, fourth, whatever it may be. The Rams are all in. So they went out and tried to bring in a veteran pass rusher they think is going to work. But as for the Broncos, I mean, it is surprising. I didn't think that this was a deal that was going to happen because – He's been a pillar of that franchise for so long, you know, with Super Bowl MVP and everything. I was surprised to see that deal happen, but with what they got in return, if I was the Broncos GM, I would have been listening as well. Jordan DeJani from CBS Sports, our guest on Blaine and Mickey. Well, one player no one was listening to was Deshaun Jackson. Do you think he'll find a place after they release him there with the Rams? Because, man, that's his hometown let alone our you know, state that uh, he was playing in and uh, maybe not getting a lot of playing time, but he's up there in age and uh, man, may get away with a Super Bowl ring. Well, he could have potentially. Do you see any, uh, I guess, takers here? Yeah, that was an interesting one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked that he didn't have any takers at the trade deadline. I'm sure that there's going to be teams that are interested in him, but I would have thought he would have been ring chasing and just kind of stayed and played a minor role in that yeah, offense. But in, in terms of potential landing spots, yes, I do believe he's going to find one, and it could happen today. It could happen this week. Um, I got an eye on the Green Bay Packers. That, of course, is a wide receiving core that Aaron Rodgers always wants upgraded. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I mean, they signed Josh Gordon, but, you know, looking at the Chiefs and the way they operate, they have major deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball, but adding another playmaker, a deep threat, um, the guy who has some tread left on the tires could be in the mix. Um, and then maybe the Baltimore Ravens, too. If they want Lamar Jackson to continue in his evolution as a passer, this is a legitimate contender in the AFC. That could add some explosiveness to an offensive attack. So I expect a couple of contenders to be hitting up Deshaun Jackson this week. I do believe he's going to play again this season. Yeah, I think it'd probably be the Chiefs since Andy Reid uh, has coached him before. But we have the Chiefs versus Green Bay. How do you see this playing out, man? Because I watched the Chiefs versus the Giants, and, uh, man, I, I just – I just don't see him turning the corner. Maybe I'm missing the boat here. Yeah, that was a win that didn't really feel like a win, right? You know, I'm yeah. sure Chiefs fans, even Patrick Mahomes, are not very excited with what they were able to accomplish against the Giants. Yeah, they got back to 500, but you can't say that they got back on track. Uh, this was going to be a game I thought Aaron Rodgers was really going to roll, but of course now he's not playing. It's going to be Jordan Love. But if you're a gambling man, you know, wait for that spread to start moving up and then maybe put some money on the Packers to cover. I think that Jordan Love um, can find some kind of level of success, even if it's his first official start against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So even though Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing, I'm kind of excited to watch this game to see what Jordan Love, Jordan Love is capable of. And also, you know, this is a Packers team that's faced adversity before. Just look at what happened last week, and they were still able to rebound the win. Who knows what could happen? But this is definitely a juncture for the Chiefs. It's at home, of course, where they can come out and try to really get back on track because they haven't been able to do that thus far. Keep an eye on how they game plan defensively for a rookie quarterback. Keep an eye to see what Patrick Mahomes does differently in the pocket. 
Um, like I said, the Chiefs are not a team that is back on track just yet, but here's another opportunity for them to do so. And well, with uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, out with COVID and uh, my man Murray there at Arizona, a little banged up with ankle, man, who are your top three at MVP right now? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I guess I can't have Derrick Henry in there any longer right, as well. Yeah. Uh, hey. yeah. yeah, man, you know, I guess Kyler Murray would still be a front runner. He's obviously injured right now. I mean, I think that he will suit up, but I, I've said that before about Dak Prescott last week, and that didn't come to fruition. Another guy to keep an eye on is probably Josh Allen with the Bills. They didn't have a great showing against the Dolphins on Sunday, but I think that they could really roll this week. I think they played Jacksonville, so Josh Allen's going to be up there. Lamar Jackson suffered a big loss to Cincy, but he had a bye week to kind of come together with the offense. I expect him to be in that top three as well. And, you know, there's another guy that I'm very high on, and that's Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles mm, Rams. He, and he could have an opportunity for a big game against the depleted Titans secondary. We'll see how that Titans team uh, holds up without, you know, one of their veteran leaders, Derek Henry. So keep an eye on Matthew Stafford as well. Well, you just helped me out. How do you think this game is going to play out with the, the Rams and the Titans uh, with the no king? Yeah, I mean, I'm not very optimistic. Uh, I feel like after three really emotional victories for the Titans – this seems like kind of a letdown spot. I was scared that letdown spot was against the Colts, but once again, this team's resilience was on full display. And I think that's why I like this Titans team so much is that, you know, they're, they're able to overcome so many deficiencies, whether it's because of injury or just lack of talent at one spot, to play as a cohesive unit. Uh, that's why I really like this Titans team. So you can never count them out. But obviously they're going to have to shift how they work their offense without Derrick Henry there. That's what I'm really keeping an eye on. Now, Tennessee is not going to abandon the run. That's just not going to happen. So we'll see if they can really set up the play action with the running backs they have. They're going to have to lead more on Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Keep an eye on Anthony Ferkser as well at the tight end spot. That's really my biggest thing I'm looking for. I I think the Titans probably lose this game, but I want to see if the offense can really hold up without King Henry. Mm, We're going with the NFL writer from CBS Sports, Jordan DeJani. There just, you go. Just as we've <laughs> always called him, Jordan DeJani, our yeah. weekly guest. Yeah. Jordan, hey, man, thanks so much. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Jordan DeJani and then anywhere at CBS Sports where they want to consume that. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. I blame Luke. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Jordan. All right, when we come back, Scott from Beth Page has been holding. He wants to talk Titans. We'll talk Titans with him. Also, what did Mike Vrabel say today about getting a running back up to speed and then NFL offense, we got that for you, too. It's all coming up next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 Zone. We're just sitting here looking at pictures of cars on the internet. No big deal. We're just... <laughs> Just hanging out in here. Uh, we're doing a radio show. All right, we'll hear from Mike Rabel in a minute, but let's hear from somebody really important. Scott and Beth Page, who has been holding and wants to talk about the Titans on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Hey, Scott. Hey, good afternoon, man. Um, just some thoughts. Just some thoughts on Derrick Henry, the injury, and everything's been going on. You know, I think the thing that's got everybody kind of in shock is the, the wow moments that we know that you know is not going to happen. Uh, you know, you've got your – the way he, the way he literally knocked people back, like touching an electric line or something. The way they just, he just 
blow them, blow them off of him. You know, almost like superhero type stuff. <laughs> I mean, he, the guy literally made defensive backs think about the way they're going to hit him and tackle him in in game, and that's that's a that's a phenomenon. I mean, no, I've not seen anyone else compare to him since Bo Jackson, in my opinion, and just the way he explodes, explodes, you know, on the scene, and then just just blows people away. But the thing about it is, is he didn't get cranked up and wasn't able to do those types of things until he got downfield a little bit, you know, past that five, six, seven, eight-yard level, in my opinion. So I think the important thing to remember is is running backs are still going to get to do their job on first and second and even sometimes third down. They're going to get those three, four, five, and six-yard pops, and that's right now that's what we need. And as long as we can continue doing that, I mean, it's going to – I think it's still going to – help help our quarterback stay upright but what all of this has taught me is we should have been looking for a backup quarterback in the draft i mean we, we we're drafting players that are horizontal and not upright we're drafting injured players we need to be drafting players that are upright and they can fill important positions when something like this happens i, I think it's you know it's Tannehill shaky right now i mean he's, he's he's he looks like he's he's not injured or hurt but he looks he looks worn and you know those are just my thoughts. And, Blaine, I kind of want to hear your feedback on it as well as yours, Mickey. But as a pro player, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think our general manager is great at drafting in the second round. He's like the magic man. But when it comes to these first-round draft picks that are injured before before they even get here, I, I've got a real problem with that. Thanks, guys. Scott, thank you for the call. Yeah, we'll kind of go through the history. Oh, you know, Farley and then uh, Panda was kind of a outside-the-box deal, really. So I don't, I don't know if you can plan on that one. Dodd is another one. I'm trying to think of who else was. And then we, I guess Ravens was part of this. But he's seemed to be getting uh, better the more playing time he gets at guard. Seems like he potentially be a guard. Uh, maybe next season just depends on what direction they want to go with the offensive line. Yeah, you may see some more Ravens this week. I wanted to find this from John Glennon, not spotted during the open portion of practice. Maven, which yikes. Uh, Chris Jackson, yikes, blasting game, Rashawn Evans, and Nate Davis. Yeah, so that's see? that's to start mm-hmm. the season. Returning to practice, Julio Jones, that's huge. Tier Tarp, that, that's that's good. He's, he's playing well. And uh, Kendall Lamb uh, was also Adrian Peterson's first practice. Mm. We got a couple minutes left. We will hear from Mike Vrabel. You saw Adrian Peterson doing just some some – some little bit of stretching stuff, but some stuff caught your eye there. Let's yeah. want to get Dr. Blaine Bishop's yeah, assessment. Right. Well, he's not doing too much. Well, so let's add also Maben is on there. And the reason why, yep. because remember I said he didn't finish the Colts game. And I was like, where did he go? I didn't know if they just took him out or what have you. And we're playing <laughs> the Rams and they do yeah, throw the football. Cooper so, Cup. All yeah. made up. So I don't know where we're at with Fulton's not on this list. So I don't think he even was out there. That's my assumption. I could be totally wrong. Uh, so I'm looking at what Buck. Uh, tweeted out who was out there and who wasn't. Uh, just uh, just some basic principles when you're out there seeing them doing stretch and the walkthrough uh, portion of that. You know, Adrian Peterson looks like he's very flexible and in tune with his body. When I say that, you got this one stretch that kind of you can see a little bit of everything in the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And to be a guy that's 36, uh, it's called, the I give it the term scoop. You walk and then you put your one heel out in front of you and turn it up off the ground, and then you scoop the ground and you touch the ground. Well, he looked like he could do that with ease. 
from then. I, and I, if I try to do it right now, I'm probably getting Half halfway gonna down. going to get hurt. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm bending my knees to do it. I don't even right now. I'm not, I'm not stretching for sure, but uh, not trying to play in a game. Uh, but just off the cuff, coming off the couch, that means he was putting in work, not only in the weight room, but also in the flexibility work, which is vital to having success when you're getting hit from all different kind of angles as a running back. And you have pliability, mm-hmm. as what Tom Brady would say, mm-hmm. to take on those hits. It looks like he's kind of reforming how his body can make, you know, can move in different directions, uh, even when caught off guard. So I kind of like what I saw there. And let's end with this. We got about a minute left. Mike Vrabel today talking about the adjustment period and what it's like for a running back in the NFL. This is what Mike Vrabel said about that. Well, you know, Dontrell did that last week. He came in, met met with Tony. I've mentioned that. You just have to put extra meetings in, pay attention and, and focus. And, you know, I think for some positions, you know, there's probably less learning. You know, I think um, – not yeah, you know. I mean, it's not like it. It's a, it's an offensive line where there's a, a lot of stuff, or a receiver where now, you know, there's a lot of vocabulary that changes and formations are called something different. Um, you know, so hopefully we can get these guys brought up to speed quickly. Yeah, when I hear that, uh, I hear him saying these dudes about to play. Uh, they gonna get their share of the carries on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, as long as no uh, major gas out there, I think you know, in this learning process. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, make sure you. Is some of the checks and uh, changes of maybe if he checks out of a run mm-hmm. and now you're blocking to make sure you know where to go to pick up your blitz pickup or something like that is probably the, the most difficult thing for a running back. And Deontay Foreman, the other guy, he was here last year. So he, he should be much more familiar with everything yes. and uh, even spent time with Arthur Smith. So it's the same stuff. Time for us to do different stuff on the radio station because we got to get out of here and let 3HL take over. They'll get you up to date on all the latest Titans news and everything that breaks for the rest of today. And we'll see you tomorrow on Thursday. Yeah, so happy Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And as as always, always, peace. peace.